This is Daily Path Podcast. I'm your host, podcast coach, and transformational speaker, Joe Winters Jr. Now I've been in this business a long time. God gave me the gift of a strong mind. And when I step foot on a path, the good and the bad, they just come by. Never done trying. I do it, I do it. Till each time I do it, it's done right. Ooh. And God left his signature on me. So how could I ever be unsigned? See, everyone has got a gift. Not anonymous, but God given. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Winnish Jr., the founder of Daily Path Academy and your host of Daily Path Podcast. Welcome back to the show, and thank you for joining me this morning. Quick reminder, if you are a mission-driven entrepreneur, speaker, coach, or consultant looking to build a global podcast, then I'd really love to show you how you can do that. You can visit my website at joewintersjr.com and book a free discovery call with me today. Now here on the podcast, I am joined by a guest, Guy Richard. He is the founder of Heart Rich Coaching and Training Company. I'm interested about, I'm interested having today's conversation. Guy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. It's an honor. You're welcome. Thank you for, thank you for joining me. I'm glad to hear you're, you're doing great. Um, so for, for my viewers, um, can you start by telling us your story of getting into coaching and starting Heart Rich? Ah, well, that's a long story. Um, I got into uh, professional coaching over 10 years ago. Uh, what drew me to it was the whole field of personal growth. Going way back in the day, over 25 years ago, I was a psych major. Mm. I thought that was going to be my path to be a psychologist or right. therapist of some sort. And, you know, life took me in other directions and I went the path of business for a while. Eventually, full circle came around this thing called coaching, came right. on the scene and uh, I fell in love with it and decided, okay, let's um, re-educate and go full in, all in. And right. I, I became a coach. I started. Mm. Thank and you so for sharing. Heartrich, yeah. So Heartrich came up about uh, several years later. Um, I had one brand. I still have this other platform for coaching okay. um, a variety of kinds of people. And something was just nagging at me from the insides that this word heart rich, so many things I was finding and discovering were centered around the heart. Mm. Uh, it was something I really needed to learn uh, how to connect to my heart and how right. to use it and help, you know, um, bring out the best of myself. And eventually I, I was able to come up with, you know, a, a platform and an offering. And um, it's been just about a year of, you know, launching a website and, and uh, training some people and getting things going. Mm, congratulations on your, your success. Um, you said a lot there. I like to start back. <laughs> I like to start back with um, your uh, degree in psychology. Uh, I too myself have a bachelor's in psychology and I believe it to help me in what I do. I wanted to ask you, how much did studying psychology um, give you like uh, a great start in coaching? I think it contributed quite a bit. Um, there's a huge difference between what we, you know, studied back in the day in psychology in order to go on that path and let's say become a psychologist versus coaching. Um, mm. So I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about uh, different frameworks. You know, there's, right. I think, hundreds of uh, psychological frameworks right. and in coaching it's you know more than just psychology it's um, uh, study of meaning and study of purpose and mm. it's a lot more you know uh, 
encouraging people to move forward in their life as opposed to, you know, exploring their past, digging deep and understanding, you know, what's wrong with people. Back in the day, I don't know if you know of like positive psychology and Martin Seligman. Absolutely. uh, Yes, I do. So when I was in school, all there was was learned helplessness. Mm. And he didn't come out with uh, learned optimism or authentic happiness or uh, his model for flourishing yet. And that would have been good for me back then. <laughs> a lot, it really would have been good for me. Um, but I found it again once I came into the coaching world. Mm. Interesting. So, so you, you, you studied psychology and then you went forward and you got into business. When you got into business, were you in originally, were you in business as a coach or you were in business doing something else originally? I completely left the field of psychology. I did something totally different. Um, it's as if I, you know, abandoned my roots. I went, mm. I said, I figured, you know, and it has to do with, you know, what I felt at the time was, um, you know, perceived failure and mm. this wouldn't be my path. I can't do this kind of thing. I, I couldn't help myself. So I was like, how can I help other people? And my head turned direction and said, okay, you know what? Do some business. Everyone says, you know, if you get an MBA, you're, you're as good as gold. You'll be fine. Things will work out for you. So I did. And mm. I worked hard. I got that MBA and I still I wasn't a corporate guy. I just couldn't do it. I started my own business right away, doing what? Nothing to do with psychology, uh, doing whatever I could in the IT field. Okay. Turned into web design, turned into web digital marketing. And I did that for quite some time. But eventually that uh, coaching bug bit me pretty hard. And uh, I, I I left that field. I'm still in touch with it. I still do some consulting in the field. But um, no, to answer your questions, psych, I left it. I left the MBA. Um, I'm about a whole bunch of new starts. <laughs> mm, definitely. But life's, a, life's about discovery and exploring, right? Like it, it is for sure for, you know, for perhaps people like you and me. I think I was um, ingrained with this belief that you had to pick one field, one profession, mm. Mm. Uh, stay in it for life Very true. and then right. you'd be safe um, and that just wasn't in the cards for me right well you fast forward you now have heart rich um i know you said heart rich has been up for about a year but you were coaching 10 plus years before yeah. that um how how long into doing it consulting um before you got bit by the coaching bug and then you decided to go on all in as a coach i started my um first business in about 2001 i got bit by the personal growth bug in 2002 2003 okay um and it was several years of just my own development and right work and um and i pushed it off. I delayed, you know, cause I had this idea in my mind already that, you know, the grass, oh, you know, don't do that. You're just doing the grass is greener thing. You're thinking everything mm. else is better than what you've got going mm. on now. Mm. So I delayed it for, I think about seven years. And then I mm. said, that, that's it. Um, somebody who I knew had already finished a whole coaching program, become a coach and gave me my initial, uh, 
you know, intro into coaching. And I'm like, you're finished already and you're done and you're a coach. I could have been done by now. <laughs> so that's it. Two months from that point, that was like 2009. Right. I enrolled in a coach training program. Ah, okay. I like it. I like it. So at the beginning of um, starting your, your coaching um, journey, um, was there any, was there any doubt at the beginning? There's always doubt. I, There's always doubt. I've what do you do? To, what, 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 what do you do um, to overcome self-doubt when, when you're facing self-doubt? Well, I learned over time to finally trust myself. And mm. myself, I mean that, that deeper part, whatever you want to call it, your core, your natural essence, spirit, right. whatever it is, that's uh, whatever right. word works for you. Right. And mm. to recognize I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to, I am, I have a history with anxiety. I have a history with depression. Um, it's going to, it's very normal for me to have a ton of doubt, to have fear, to, mm. you know, almost not sabotage my path, but um, put on the brakes quite a bit. Yeah. So learning to come back to myself and just to trust what's at my core and trust my heart and what I believe in uh, is what sets me straight again. So mm. I can take the next step. Yeah. So for, for viewers right now, that's um, listening or watching um, and they're, you know, wanting to trust themselves more. Um, what like practices or small exercises would you give someone to begin that process? I love helping people discover, clarify, and prioritize their values. You know, we're given this, it's a loaded word. It might mean different things to different people, but let's just say it's what really matters to a person deep down in their heart. What's important? Mm. What kind of person do they want to be? If family is important, what kind of you know parent or partner do you want to be? How do you know you're doing that? And we'd say you know they're honoring their values. Mm. So we got to get clear. What are our own personal values versus you know what were we raised with? Right. Um, what was in our culture? What was our peer group? What what's kind of expected of us and shake off any of the values that aren't our own mm. truly embrace what is ours. And you can start to, you won't know about them or you won't believe in them until you take some action um, mm. to honor them, to, to actualize them, make them real. So right. if let's say love, you know, behind me is one of my top yeah. values, the top value then a question would be, how can I honor that value today? How can mm. I be, how can I show up as love today? How can I um, do that, offer that to myself? How can I offer it to other people? Right. If I was, you know, mowing the lawn, how could I right. do that with love, with care? So it's just adding extra care. And, mm. and part of this is, you know, doing that action, taking that action with intention. And right. part of it is the reflection later on. How did that go? You know, mm. did I get anything from that? If you got nothing from it, didn't fulfill you in any way, mm. maybe it's not one of your values. Right. But if it did, if you got that pretty good feeling, you know, a full feeling, fulfillment, mm. then chances are it's it's one of your values. Right. So over time, patience, we 
can the person can clarify and prioritize what are their top values they don't have to do this once in their life and be set and done right they can do it regularly um and that's a way that they can start trusting themselves because that's where it's coming from it's coming from their core who they are what's important to them mm-hmm. i like the way you put that um core values starting by listing what's important to you um how you can honor your values. I really love that, how you can honor your values. You know, I I realized that, um, you know, at least in my personal journey, that um, it's like I, I always operated um, for a great deal of time with two sets of values, like the ones that were true to me at core. And then of course, the ones that were given to me by, you know, parents, peer groups, you know, everyone else, society at large. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't until I actually sat down myself and was like, okay, what are, what are the, what are the four or five things that like make my heart smile that when I walk away from a conversation or when I walk away from an event or when I go to sleep at night, I'm proud of myself because these are the core values that I'm operating from. And um, it definitely won. It, it took me more than um, one sitting to do it. I realized the, 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 natural instinct is when you first do it for the first time you write down what sounds good <laughs> you, you, know, you write down what sounds good that first time we call and it then, shopping for values right 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 right, right. That, that's what you do the first time and then um what i had found is like if i couldn't repeat my values when i wasn't looking at them they're pro- they probably weren't my values Right. And so that's not to say that some of the stuff I had wrote down wasn't great stuff, but I realized that a great deal of it was stuff that was either handed to me and I thought should be a value or I thought looked good for, you know, what society would think. So I, I, I love the perspective of, of really uh, asking yourself, you know, how can I honor this value today? Right. Like, for example, love, like, how can I love myself today? How can I love others today how can i cut the grass with love today and then reflecting on it later i really i really really love that i do want to ask you this if someone was to reflect on um what they have believed to be a core value of theirs um and that first time they didn't feel anything um would you say that right then and there that's an indicator that it's not a value or maybe they should give it a few more tries before they just move on what do you what do you think about that i'm with you yeah test it out test it out we're we could be in many different states in a particular day right and you know we're doing this work we may put too much pressure on ourselves we may not even fully get it at first i've worked with people for a few months in a coaching context and we visited value several times and I asked them, you know, so what are your values? And they're like, uh, it's okay. Let's, let's get there until you feel it until right. you can feel it. So if they feel nothing like after several times and even several attempts, maybe it's not theirs. Right. Um, but we also do some kind of opposite work too. Mm. So, noticing what uh, rubs you the wrong way what are your pet peeves mm. what hurts you insults you offends you what do people do out there in the world in the parking mm. lot in your office friends neighbors what do they do that you know 
feels like a violation of trail just get you know hurts you mm. you could usually find the value that was missed or uh, stepped on even by just flipping it around so sometimes mm. we don't go people aren't used to like affirming something they might be more used to you know that doesn't feel good i don't like that 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 hurts that bothers me i don't like people who fill in the blank right and then we really start to learn so what was missing what mm. need you know wasn't uh, cared for or what value wasn't there wasn't showing up wasn't uh didn't seem important to this other person and that's another way to come at them and a mm. few people have really resonated with that I can definitely see how that's actually one of the ways that I, I resonate with. I definitely could see that. I want to ask you, um, what has been your toughest obstacle in your entrepreneurial journey? Uh, probably me. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't how so? know we'd go here today, but I, I'd say it has to do with my own mental health. Um, I mentioned it here already, you know, I've suffered throughout my life with uh, anxiety and depression. And I'm talking about like big chunks of time that, you know, changed me. This is right. what life was like. I was in a depressed state for a long time and, you know, life feels different and you learn about yourself right. and others in that state. So I had to like continue and persist with a business mm. while I entered, you know, different states like anxiety and, and depression right. and I was my biggest that was my biggest obstacle I think mm. you know, persevering keeping with something staying committed staying true to it learning to be kind to myself learning to take care of myself in the midst right. of all that um, I could think of other you know obstacles they all seem small right okay, in comparison to how big that really was for me can I ask you do you um do you view, um, especially being a coach, going through depression and anxiety um, as you've gotten over it and learned from it, do you view those um, as like strengths, if you will, because you have a, a perception that allows you to be more empathetic towards others or um, does it help you at all or not, not so much? I think it helps a ton. There's a way of looking, I know, I think I've said the word here, mental illness or mental health, right. there's a way of looking at it where it's not an issue of illness or disease. There's a way right. of looking at it where somehow this is what's going on in my body and nervous system. It's what my body's telling me, like my mind saying, do this one thing, be this kind of person. And my body, my system is saying, no, you know, we're, mm. that, we're right. not comfortable with that. Don't feel good about that. Um, so learning to get out of it and also uh, not be as afraid of it and not panic from it and um, not make way too much meaning out of it. Like I'm messed up. I'm, a, you know, I'm a, something's wrong with me. I'm defective. I'm in, right. in, invalid and so on. So that helped me learn to accept myself, have compassion for myself, love myself. And that I can offer to others and anybody else going through it, mm. instead of looking at them, oh, poor you, yeah, that's really hard. It's I can look at them with this true empathy and compassion, understand what they're feeling, give them the space to just feel it, 
Mm. Yeah, here we are in this place. It's dark or it's scary. Um, there are lines um, as, a, as a coach that I, I can't cross. If they come to me in, let's say, crisis, right. I believe that's more for a therapist right. than a coach. But there's people who have come, let's say, after the crisis or um, they haven't found the path out. Then we can come back to this other way of looking at it. And it's not a disease of any sort, maybe right. for some. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, but for many, it could be a, you know, this is how you're responding to life. What's really going on? Where are you stuck? Where are you hurting? What, what are you believing that just isn't true? And with all these kinds of questions and inquiries and tools, we can help other people learn to start to live with what they're feeling and then transform it. Mm -hmm. It was definitely an asset over time. And I don't think I'm done, you know, like, I thought that when I started, I, I did my own personal growth work. I uh, became a coach. I got, I had anxiety and depression. That was maybe even one of the worst times. Mm. I'm like, I thought I'm done. I thought I'm okay. I thought I'm on the right path. I right. thought I'm doing what I love. Everything's going to be great. Um, but you know, who I am or how I'm built or, you know, the chosen pathways in my brain brought me back there and mm. accepting that again was really really hard mm. but i think that if for other people out there and the people i've worked with uh who you know live with it perhaps they also see a therapist or are on medication we find ways to accept you know anxiety depression pain and learn to you know, to change the meaning we're making of it and to focus on something else so we can do, you know, what's called a towards move. Right. Uh, learn from ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy or acceptance and commitment training. You know, we're always either doing an away move or towards move. Right. Towards our values, towards the kind of person we want to be, towards the life we want to create, or we're doing a away move, away from pain, away from discomfort, um, avoidance. And we get to notice that and choose that, you know, pretty much every second of the day. And I love, you know, how you work with it, the daily path, you know, we could connect to this every single day, moment to moment and right. choose. Not every time. We're not going to succeed every time. And that's okay. Right. Absolutely. Man, I love everything you just said. It really resonates with me being a fellow coach and one that has um, experienced depression myself. Um, everything that you're saying 100% resonates with me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I also like the um, vulnerability to admit that, you know, as you have reached higher levels of success, um, you have returned back to anxiety and have to work your way through it um, again, because I think that um, a great deal of people um, like myself as well. Um, once we reach a certain point in life, we think we're done with the struggling. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's like, nah, life doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, so um, th thank you for being transparent. So, you know, I know you've mentioned um, consistently throughout um, this episode that personal development, personal growth is, is major for you. And, um, you know, I, I would like to know what are some things you do daily or weekly um, in your personal development? 
So to support coming back to myself, right. I do things like meditation, um, a variety of mindfulness practices, um, yoga, right. um, exploring my own values, uh, exploring my own fears, and uh, to really get to know myself. I don't know if you've ever heard of parts work. Parts work. Yeah, parts, parts of us, like the inner critic, I'm sure as a Oh, coach, yeah, absolutely. Many yeah. people have worked with your inner critic or perfectionism. And there's a, a variety of approaches that all of them share something in common of looking at ourselves or our minds, um, kind of like we are made up of just different parts. We all say this all the time, you know, part of me wants this, a part of me wants that. <laughs> and through... Um, I got the most help in this from uh, internal family systems. Uh, a lot of their works centered around, you know, healing trauma and dealing with mental illness from a completely non-pathological -patho perspective and attributing some of our uh, states and our behaviors to these different parts. You know, this part is taken over or blending and just, to cut you know to the chase there's um there's a variety of steps or processes in and that's what's called parts work identifying the parts talking to them as if they were like a, a person there's uh interesting work there you know to discover a polarity you know there's a part of me that really drives me the inner critic may drive me the perfectionist may drive me to do things perfectly to avoid criticism, to be nice, to do the right thing. And that could put a lot of pressure on, on a person. Right. And there's often a counterbalance, a part that says, you know, enough with that. And like, mm. um, because that the core, there's a vulnerability, there's a part they call an exile. There's just like, let's say the wounded child, the part of us that was hurt before. That's why we are this way. That's mm. why I have such a tough inner critic is to help me avoid uh, getting hurt that way from others. Mm. If I do it to myself, if I am my own slave driver, if I push myself, if I right. uh, criticize myself, I might clean up my act and avoid all kinds of criticism from the outside world. But at the same time, there's this part of me that's, you know, hurting, unhealed from the past. And um, this other part, you know, the polarity to the inner critic is the one that's like, you know, let's get out of here. Let's bail. Let's right. procrastinate. Let's avoid. Let's, right. um, you know, just get tired, get lazy, get mm. uh, indulged yeah. in something else, A, B, C, or D, whatever it is. And what does the inner critic or the other part do? Once you kind of come out of this, it gets mad at you. Like, why are you so lazy? Why'd you procrastinate? Why are you right. like this? So just whether it's real or not real, if we can understand what's going on inside of us and get a sense that eh, we're all, we're trying to protect ourselves. We're right. trying to feel good. We're trying to be okay and not see it as, you know, problems we have to get rid of, but you know, job descriptions that we should probably change. We can mm. change. So turning an inner critic into, you know, understanding it, recognizing, oh, you're afraid that we'll get hurt. It's like, 
does will it really hurt right hurt today when i was a kid yeah but today and we're still living kind of based on those old fears and limiting beliefs and we can turn the inner critic into like an ally into a coach into a supporter right and let those parts of our our brain or our mind support us and help us you know move forward it's a lot of work you know don't do this kind of thing with with everybody or offer it to everybody but even just a little bit of it a sense to get that idea that you know what we don't have to look at all these things that you know right now we're critical about in such a harsh light you could look at it in a more positive loving light in a way of like how was that trying to help you mm. what was the gift there what what can you learn from this and what would you say to yourself moving forward right would be more supportive for who you are right now definitely i, I want to ask you how does a leader like yourself um, balance and prioritize your personal development um those you lead currently from family members to you know clients you have friends and then also the those who have not yet entered your sphere of influence but you're also called to uh you know create change in their life or help them like how do you balance each of those i'm not sure i do it very well um, (laughs) balancing act but you know it comes to um i put things in these categories of like vision values and vows vows are commitments i just wanted another v word in there what's my vision of who what kind of life i want to live the world i want to create what i want to add to the world or if i was to make any difference what difference would that be so that's all in the vision mm-hmm. values we talked about what's right. most important to me obviously my vision is connected to my values and uh, my vows are the commitments i make so to balance things out i check my values my priorities and mm-hmm. my commitments mm-hmm. and you know, because mental health or well-being um, is such a huge value of mine and and the need, um, I don't take on what the rest of the world takes on. I don't take on a huge amount of stuff. I used to. Um, there were times where I used to work 15 hours a day. It was just <clears throat> the whole day was just devoted to learning growth, achievements, getting there, success, feeling good about myself before personal growth came in. Um, I think it was killing me. It was too much. So I prioritize my well-being first because I wouldn't be able to do anything or be of service to anybody unless uh, I was okay. Right. And um, then I give it to, you know, the people closest to me, closest to my heart. My, then my clients and you know others I, I before i even come in on this uh call with you i'm thinking okay take the focus off of me and how can i be of service to you and to your audience and Thank you. that that's just it you know like what do i want to add to the world and if i made any difference at all like what do i want that to be mm. just a little more light a little more love a little more you know positivity for people right I hope that answers your question. It, no, it definitely does. It definitely does. My, my final question for you today, um, if you had two minutes to give the entire world advice, what would you say? Love. Learn to love. Learn what it is. Learn to come back to yourself. 
I mean, we could go the whole two minutes, but that would be the, the gist of it. It's a big thing. Um, and to, you know, get over the resistance, the, especially for, for us guys, the, the hokiness that, you know, I, I, I was there too, the, you know, just, the, oh, the tree hugger kind of stuff. And just the, you know, it's a fear. It's a fear right. that we'll be hurt by others in some way, or this is not going to work out for us. Start to get over it. You know, that's mm -hmm. a, I can't command, can't make anyone do that, but right. that's going to help them. Cause once they, once they let it in, they're basically coming back to themselves and mm -hmm. they're going to be able to have a rich, meaningful life. Mm -hmm. Definitely love that. Definitely love that. I, I, I do want to ask you um, one more question after hearing your answer. Um, what would you say tends to um, prevent people from learning how to love and learning how to overcome resistance or remove resistance? What prevents them from learning how to love? Yes, yeah. learning how to love or or and overcome resistance. I think it's rooted in our past. It's rooted in um, mm. not getting that love and acceptance. Um, enough didn't sink in enough uh, i know it was probably there in, in some ways but um if we look at you know attachment work attachment trauma mm. we see from like from zero from day one right we're not getting that we're gearing up for a life where we don't feel safe or we don't feel loved or we don't feel good enough or we don't mm. feel worthy and those are the biggest obstacles. Right. Um, what we then, what we then do about those things becomes like a whole um, becomes a whole personality who we think we are. Mm. People call it the ego, and that's the biggest interference to you know the truth of who mm. you really are. Right. And so, getting over that resistance, that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. A lot of work involved and you know being with others opening up to others learning being willing to learn and also this thing that we brought up today a willingness to move towards the things that scare you and even might be painful for you mm. at this point uncomfortable mm. and recognizing that we can grow from those things and right. eventually we might be willing to bring down the walls. I, I did do a ton of this work for years and didn't really bring down the walls or uh, in, in any kind of semi-permanent way for a long time. It just, mm -hmm. that's the time it took for me, for others less, for others more. Right, right. Well, no matter how much time it takes, it's definitely worth it. Worth it. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. God, I want to say thank you for joining me today on Daily Path. If you don't mind, can you please share um, with viewers where they can connect with you? Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I'm really honored to be here. I loved uh, sharing this time with you. And you can find me at heartrich.ca. Heartrich.ca. I'm going to be including that in the show notes as well. Fantastic. Thanks. Guy, thank you for joining me again. It's really been a pleasure. Um, to those that are viewing this episode, I hope that you make the decision to take what you've learned and implement it in your daily path. Until next time, have a blessed day.
Hey, I wanted to jump on here really fast and say thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you got something from the message that you can use in your life. If you are a mission-driven individual who wants to share your message and change lives, then I'd love to show you how building a podcast can help you do that. Please visit joewintersjr.com to book a free discovery call with me so I can help you out. If you are an organization looking to bring me in to speak with your team or at your next event, you can book me by visiting my website, joewintersjr.com, and scheduling a free discovery call so we can talk about your expectations and what you want from me. I'd really love to serve you. Have a blessed day.